Hello, hello. Welcome to episode three of the Spinning Thoughts podcast. I'm Angelo, and I'm here once again with the amazing Brandon Robertson. Hello, hello. What's shaking, dude? Not much, my brother. What's happened with you, Pimpstick? <laughs> Just loving this stuff, man. Enjoying all the great reception that we're getting from our listeners and uh, just really having some fun, man. You having fun, too? I am having a blast doing this podcast. Uh, it really is fun. that The entire process, not only recording the podcast, but uh, being able to hang out with you and come up with these ideas that uh, that go into this podcast. There's a lot, of, a lot of time and effort that goes in outside of the 45 minutes or an hour that you guys get to hear. So uh, the whole thing is fun beginning to end. Absolutely. It is a good time. We just listened to what I think is one of the more groovy, funky, psychedelic. Funky is a great word. Tracks that you're going to hear probably in the rest of 2016. It's from uh, Claypool, Lennon, Delirium. Mm -hmm. And Claypool, obviously, we know uh, Les Claypool from Primus, one of the uh, more forward thinking bass players that you're going to hear. Not just now, but ever. Uh, the most, beyond like Paul McCartney, such a staple sound. Oh, and he's distinctive. Yeah, his bass. I mean, you know, I, you know who it is when that's playing. Think about the, the South Park theme song that we've all heard since 1997 when South Park came out. Les Claypool wrote that, performs it. Uh, excellent. And then on the other side of uh, Claypool, Lennon, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a guy named John Lennon, but he had a kid. <laughs> Uh, well, two. One kind of was almost like the forgotten son, and there, there was a controversy with Julian and and John for a long, long time, most of their life. That's something we could talk about at a later date. This is uh, his other son. Um, couldn't name him John for some reason, so he thought he'd name him the closest rhyming thing that he could, Sean Lennon. Uh, so Les Claypool, Sean Lennon, come together to create the Claypool Lennon Delirium. Uh, to hear some of that cool music, just like that song you heard coming into Spending Thoughts today. So on June 3rd of this year, 2016, Claypool, Lennon, Delirium launched their album, Monolith of Phobos. Do you know what any of that means? Because I do. I don't. Well, I'm going to educate you and the listener real quick. Please do. Phobos is a moon, actually. That that I knew, but I don't know what a monolith is. A monolith is a large rock structure. So if you look at the album cover of uh, the Monolith of Phobos album from Claypool, Lennon, Delirium, it is a monolith, just a big, big rock. Okay, cool. So the Claypool, Lennon, Delirium, they are really bringing in the psychedelic rock and a genre that I think is so intriguing right now, art rock. Art rock, it is intriguing. So, and you can definitely tell, I mean, there is a lot going on. In that track and in all the tracks that they do. So again, thank you all for listening. Some awesome news for us here at the Spinning Thoughts Podcast is uh, you can now subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Which is fantastic. Uh, iTunes, I mean, who doesn't have an iTunes account? If you don't have one, get one. And if you have one, subscribe to Spinning Thoughts Podcast. It's free. We want to hear from you, and we just want to have uh, conversations with everybody and just really connect 
with music the way that it always should be. And if you're like me uh, with an Android phone, Google Play comes built into your device. Um, you're going to go to music, obviously, in the Google Play Store. Uh, then you're going to go to the sub-tab, My Music, search Spinning Thoughts. You don't even have to have the word podcast. Obviously, we are Spinning Thoughts podcast, but search Spinning Thoughts. We'll be, uh, we'll be there. You'll see it. Subscribe, please. You can email us, and we encourage you to do so with thoughts, ideas. If you want to get on the podcast and talk with us, you can email us at spinningthoughts at outlook.com. Yep. Facebook, Twitter, we're all over the place. Find us, subscribe, follow, like, and share. Uh, Brandon, let's jump into it, man. We've got a lot of news and music that we really want to kind of talk about here. I'm going to let you kind of take the reins on this one because this is definitely more down your alley than maybe mine, at least on a knowledge perspective. Pantera's got some news that just kind of hit this week. They do, and I'm a fan of Pantera. Um, I grew up listening to Pantera. Uh, I do like heavy metal music, and Pantera is one of the reasons that I do. So uh, 1996, 20 years ago, uh, Pantera released an album called The Great Southern Trend Kill. Um, this album was thrash metal, it was death metal, um, swinging bluesy grooves coming through in that album. Uh, they are re-releasing, I don't want to say re-releasing, but they are releasing a 20th... They're reissuing it. Reissuing, yes, a, a 20th anniversary of uh, The Great Southern Trend Kill. And what you're going to find on this reissue, it's going to contain instrumental versions, live recordings from the Dynamo Festival that uh, happened in 1998. A couple of years after the album was actually released, right? Right, and then alternate early mixes and they already have a raw version of one out right now correct yes which is uh, a a song that my dad rob robertson yeah not uh, to be confused with robbie robert well his name is robbie robertson actually but not to be confused with the guitar player for the band robbie robertson but my father robbie robertson um loves the song drag the waters and uh there's uh, on this album being released is, is an early mix of Drag the Waters um, that's fantastic. Uh, if you like Pantera, if you like that album, oh, you don't even have to like the album. If you like Pantera, check out the reissue then uh, of this album here, The Great Southern Trend Kill, being released here uh, in 2016. Awesome. It is in 2016? Yep. Okay. It, would be, it wouldn't be the 20th anniversary if it was released in a different year, right? I got, yeah, you know what? Math was never my strong suit, and I just <laughs> proved that to the thousands of listeners well, that we have at I, the Spinning Thoughts Now, podcast. I don't want to end up being wrong, so let me find out uh, what the actual release date of this is. Well, well yeah, we'll touch on that. Let's, uh, let's jump into some other news here, one that I'm super, super stoked about, and anybody who loves music at all, should be thrilled with what we're just about to talk about here. October 21st. Is, so, okay. Yeah, that's coming up next week. Awesome. Is when that reissue, uh, Great Southern Trend Kill, is going to be released. So keep your ears peeled for it. Didn't mean to interrupt you, Ange. Go ears ahead. Ears peeled, or wouldn't that be eyes peeled? It would be eyes peeled, but you can't watch music. So, you know, I, I like to keep my ears peeled ears for, open. for music. Yeah, peeled, open, yeah. you know. Semantics. Yep, yeah. splitting hairs here. All right, so one of my favorite groups, uh, bands, and I know yours. It is my all-time favorite band. Is Pink Floyd. Now, hey, I wish that we were the ones here right now to be the first to tell you that Pink Floyd 
Roger Waters and David Gilmore and Nick Mason were getting back together and doing a Pink Floyd tour. That's <laughs> yeah. not. I wish we were able to tell and, and, uh, all that, of our and that, that they were no. co-headlining with Led Zeppelin. I wish that I could be the guy <laughs> to tell you that right now, but and of Gilmore and Waters, I'm look. I love them both. I'm more of a Waters fan. Are you? Uh, if I have to choose between the two, I would probably say David Gilmore would be my favorite of the two. And there's two. no right or wrong to that. Waters, to me, just was so theatrical. Yes, he still and, is. And creative. He, yep. He's creative on a level that David Gilmore is not. And he brings, he brought that eerie, like almost like scary. Even the voice. Yep. His voice Vibed is. Pink Floyd. His music. And he's been there he since wrote. the beginning. Yeah, he's a founding member, which David Gilmore is not. So that's another um, check mark on, on the Roger Waters column. Yeah. So Roger Waters has some crazy awesome news that we're happy to share with you here today. So Roger Waters is coming out with a new album in 2017. Now he has not announced the name of this album and we'll be sure to share that once we get news on it. Yeah, um, as soon I'm as sure we hear it, you're going to hear it and mm -hmm. let me know. But to be more specific in 2017, Roger Waters is going on tour again in North America. It's called the us and them or plus it they is, have a plus sign. No, it's so. it's I'm reading uh NPR's article about it. Waters named it the quote us and them tour. Got it. After the song he wrote for Pink Floyd's seventy three album Dark Side of the Moon. Exactly. Anybody who knows Pink Floyd knows that that's uh one killer track of theirs. So the last tour that Roger Waters did was the Wall Live tour, which I got to go see in Pittsburgh a couple years back. It was absolutely amazing i imagine so absolutely amazing this tour us and them i'm sure will be just as good if not better the here's the thing so there's an article on rolling stone where roger waters elaborates a little bit more on what this tour is going to look like 75 percent of the set that you're going to hear if you go and see them is going to be pink floyd songs which is awesome the other 25% is going to be newer tracks from his uh, his new album that, again, doesn't have a, uh, a title or a name just yet. So, look, luckily, you're going to hear this before these dates occur. So, get ready. Write this down. On Monday, October the 17th, tickets go on pre-sale for City Credit Card members. If you have a City Card... You can get some tickets to, I think he has 40-some dates in North America. He's playing all arenas. And in a lot of cities, he's even doubling, kind of like Dave Matthews doing two uh, two shows in the same city. Yep, he's got, I'm looking at the list now. He's got two in L.A. at the Staples Center, uh, two in Brooklyn at Barclays Arena, two at the United Center in Chicago. He's got two in Philly. Two in Philly at the Wells Fargo Center. But for those uh, hometown heroes that are from the 412 or the 724 here in Pittsburgh, he's got um, a date at the newly named PPG Arena, right? PPG Paints Arena. Paints Arena. On, on September 19th. Of 2017. Now, if you don't have a city credit card or you don't believe in racking up debt the way that you and I, we're fiscally responsible yeah. adults. And my card is a chase card, so <laughs> I don't get to uh I don't get to indulge in the uh, the presale. But uh to the public 
Tickets go on sale on Friday, October the 21st. You better believe on Friday, October the 21st, I will have my ticket. You're going to have your ticket? We're going to be sitting next to each other. So this is uh, an open invitation to all you listening. If you want to join Angelo and myself. Let's get a group together. Seriously, it'll, it's going to be a, a killer show, a, a killer a time. under a year to prepare, but I think that we should definitely talk about that more and try to get some of the listeners in Pittsburgh to come out and join us for this uh, monumental experience. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, Brandon. When I got tickets to see Roger Waters a couple years ago in Pittsburgh at the formerly uh, named Console Energy Arena, those tickets went fast and sold out. Now, with different apps... And, and websites like Ticketmaster, well, yeah. SeatGeek, you can find You'll them. You'll be able to find Craigslist, them, but, but the price will be outrageous when they're coming back for the uh, the, you know, the second round of sales. So I, if I were you, I would try to get your tickets on the 21st uh, when they're released, the minute they're released. I mean, be ready. And look, when I saw Roger a couple years back, I said to myself, and I said the same thing when you and I went and saw Paul McCartney last year, this you never know when this would be the last chance you get to hear these rock icons live. Now, unfortunately, it's not the full band, but but this could be for a, hopefully it's not. I hope it's not. But none of us are getting younger. Nope. And you got to think, I mean, the toll that this takes to play 40 some dates in arenas and Roger Waters, man, he doesn't go small. No, not at all. Huge. It's a production. It's a. That's the best. I don't way know to how say he it. does it's, it. It's, a, it's re- a production. I mean, it's it's completely. And the dude looks good, healthy. He does look healthy. Maybe that's what keeps him healthy. Maybe a lot of guys when they age, they end up sitting in the chair watching TV. That's not what Roger Waters does. Uh, it keeps him young, keeps him in shape, keeps him fit, and he's still out there entertaining. I hate to say it about people like Roger Waters, Paul McCartney, you know, these people that I consider music legends. Um, and you just said, we, we, you know, we may never get to see them. They're all getting old. Uh, my heart lies in the 1960s, 1970s music. So these these, Mine too. these legends that that I love are slowly one by one dropping off. So I'm kind of making it a personal point. Yeah. Have uh, to to be able to go see these guys. You and I saw Paul McCartney. Uh, we've seen I had Bob tears Dylan. In my eyes, man. Oh, I did too. We've seen Bob Dylan. I mean, those those are the guys that we have to continue to yeah. to seek out, uh, or else we may never have the chance. And in an upcoming episode of the Spinning Thoughts podcast, we're going to talk a little bit more in detail about our thoughts and feelings about these old school, old timing. Rock icons like Roger Waters, David Gilmore, Robert Plants, Paul McCartney, that they're a dying breed, man. It's just you can't duplicate what they've done. It was the right place, the right time. And uh, we'll talk more about that in a future episode Mm -hmm. about that direction. But to kind of change gears a little bit here, we I want to talk about a Pittsburgh native, Mac Miller. Okay. now, look, I'm not big into rap. But I got love for anybody from my city. And Mac Miller's got a new album that just came out in September of this year called The Divine Feminine. And a little bit of a weird name, but yeah. Well, the meaning behind it, some people think it's it's about romance, about women in that regard. Mm -hmm. But Mac has actually come out to say that it talks about 
learning from the women in his life and how it's shaped and molded him. And you could see a maturity with, with Mac. You oh, know? there's no doubt from, from when he came out a few years ago to, to what he's doing now. There's no question. Just in about his it. actual like personal life, you could see the growth of maturity, but in his music, you really can too. And that leads me into talking about this song that's on that new album. And in particular a video that premiered on the audience network, it was a special for Mac Miller named after his new album, The Divine Feminine. The song's called My My Favorite Parts. And it features Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of you who follow this kind of news in, in, in music and pop culture, Mac Miller and Ariana Grande have officially come out as being a thing, a couple. They're together. And... In, man, she's hot too, man. <laughs> she, she is. You know what? I like the bangs. She always has that high, tight ponytail, the bangs. She, of course, she's a beautiful woman, but her voice is, is incredible. Oh, her voice is incredible. And in the media, she makes sure you see her as a beautiful woman. So yeah. she has these weird things. Photographers cannot. She will not allow them to take pictures from a certain side. When she's being photographed, she has to be at a certain angle every like single time. When Sia performs, she always covers her face. So mm-hmm. you've got this song. If you haven't seen the video yet, I, I really want you guys to check it out because, man, does it give you the feels. You got Mac Miller coming out with a little bit of a different version of my favorite parts. A little bit slower, a little bit groovier, a little sexier. And halfway through the song, Ariana Grande comes out and they're singing together. But... Looking into each other's Mac eyes. Mac Miller does not leave her eyes. And they are smiling. They're giggling at one another. You can feel the chemistry that they have. Man, it makes me feel like I'm back in high school again. Like walking down the hallway, you know, holding hands with, you know, my well, girlfriend. Well, that's what they both look like are high school. I know. Ariana Grande looks like she's 12 years old. And Mac Miller looks like he's 16 years Didn't old. did you just so. say she's really hot? She, well, she is. So she's a hot-looking 12-year-old? Well, I know she's not 12, so that's what makes her hot. She's not 12 <laughs> she's, years old. She's, she's not 12. We do not condone. No. 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 Not at all. So, Grab her by the... Oh, no, no, this isn't Trump, okay? <laughs> this is not Trump. So check out that video, my favorite part. Let us know what you thought of it. You can talk to us. Send us an email. It's spinningthoughts at outlook.com. Tweet us. I mean, Tweet that's us. simple. Send us something on Facebook. We'd like to hear from you on that. So another great piece of news here. And this is my favorite story yeah. of, of what we're going to be discussing here on Spinning Thoughts today. Bob Dylan just received an amazing accolade. Is it a Grammy? No. He has no. a couple of those. He does. Well-deserved. Bob Dylan just received the Nobel Prize. The Nobel Peace Prize? Oh, the Nobel Prize for Literature yes. is what Bob Dylan received. Correct. The first musician ever... Uh, to receive this honor. Now, today, Brandon, I sent you an article from the New York Times, mm-hmm. and I was actually shocked because the first, when I was looking this up to just get some more insight on it, the first article I saw was almost bashing him for winning this. It's it's no surprise that he's catching uh, feedback, negative feedback coming 
do I think that it's founded or, or, or right? No, I think Bob Dylan deserves. What they're saying is, what some people's opinion on this is, is that the Nobel Prize for Literature should go to a writer. And that it author. should be reserved for an author rather than a musician? It, it Yeah, the, you know, people are saying that artists, musicians get enough opportunity to be in the spotlight, gain accolades, Grammys, you know, all these different awards, MTV, what, there, and there are a lot. What do you think? I, look, I think that with technology, that literature in general is a is 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 dying unfortunately what this does is it brings in the younger generations people bob dylan's one of those voices and 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 people that will live forever young old and anywhere in between and this just gives a little bit more energy behind the literature nobel peace prize or nobel prize what i think and I, like I said, I, I've already said that I think he is well deserving of the award. Um, number one, it sounds like somebody might be a little bit jealous. Maybe. That they spent years and years working on a book, and Bob Dylan spent 15 minutes working on a song that really spoke thoughts, music with a purpose. Again, a recurring theme here on Spending Thoughts. Right. Um, and that's what happens when you create music with a purpose. People recognize it. Uh, my second point, no matter what your art is, visual, music, literature, you're all trying to accomplish the same goal. You're, you're creating emotion for the people on the other end of your art. So whether they're reading, whether they're looking at your painting, whether they're listening to music that you wrote, lyrics that you wrote, you're trying to pull a feeling from that person. So I don't think that 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 Bob Dylan should be criticized for this because all all he's doing either. is the same thing that every literature, every author is doing, trying to create an art and get an emotion from somebody. And he clearly based on winning this award, did a better job at it than the other people. So and, and here's uh, the know. thing. If there's any musician that deserves this, it's Bob Dylan. I mean... It, 75 years old. He's, he's been doing this for over 50 years now. One of I the mean, most influential artists of our time in the 60s during the tumultuous Vietnam War and all the political things that seem to be kind of swinging back our way. But here's an example. If you were if you look at any interviews or talks with Jim Morrison, he always wanted to be remembered by his words, by his lyrics, by his poetry. And Bob Dylan has published poetry books, you know? Mm -hmm. So there, there are some artists that just can blend multiple mediums. I think that he absolutely deserves this, and I don't see the controversy. Well, but... there's a lot of prominent writers, too, that also think he deserves it. Uh, right. Stephen right. King, Joyce Carol Oates, um, Salman Rushdie. He said Bob Dylan's a brilliant interior of the bardic tradition, adding it was a great choice to have Bob Dylan uh, win this award. I, I can't agree more. I think it's fantastic. I'm right there with you. Congratulations, Bobby D. I think that it, it just – who else Who else should get it? It's got to be him. 
we're going to wrap up um, the, the the music news portion, I guess, right now and, and dive into, I said this in episode two, one of my favorite segments of, of this podcast, B, um, the weekly spin. Yep. So we're still, you know, educating our listeners as to what we're doing and why we do it. So Brandon, just kind of quickly explain what the weekly spin is. The weekly spin is your chance as listeners to get an inside look into what we're listening to, what we're into, uh, different albums, different. I mean, we only play one song on the weekly spin from a band that, that we like or that we enjoy. Um, and this week's no different. Uh, I'm excited to, to share with you what we've chosen as this week's uh, weekly spin. So we got a we got a band called Repeat Repeat from Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And as we've mentioned in previous podcasts, Brandon and I and a gentleman by the name of Jay Matthew, who you're going to be hearing from here um, very shortly in his own segments, um, we're in a band called Even Three, and uh, in the springish time of this year, 2016, back in April, yeah, we had the great honor of opening up for Repeat Repeat at Club Cafe in Pittsburgh. Now, these dudes and lady are paving the way to great new music and and genres. They have a, a certain creativity that shines through in their music, and you'll hear what we're talking about uh, when we play this track for you. In episode two, when I talked about group love as my side A choice, I teased that the weekly spin for this episode would be very similar. They have that bubbly, what what re- repeat repeat refers to themselves as, like a surf rock, like a candy rock. Mm-hmm. They are fun. They're energetic. They bring a vibe to the stage and through all their social media platforms, unlike really anybody out there right now. They are going to be – they just started up another tour. These 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 dudes and lady, they tour nonstop. Yeah, they're, they they're work constantly their working. They asses off. They really do. It's, it's, they put in a lot of work, and it's well-deserved. Absolutely. Uh, any sort of recognition that they're getting is well-deserved. They started their tour to, uh, today as we're recording today, this, yeah. uh, Friday, October the 14th in Greenville, South Carolina. So they've got a lot of dates coming up. Again, repping the hometown here of Pittsburgh. They're playing six days from today's recording um, on Thursday, October the 20th at 8 o'clock p.m. Club Cafe. Brandon and I and, and Jay, our bass player in the even three, we're going to be there Honestly, if you're listening to this and you're in the city of Pittsburgh, come out and rock out with us in the crowd with Repeat Repeat. Yeah, it's going to be a fun day. Next Thursday, again, that is uh, October the 20th in Southside uh, Club Cafe. That's actually where we played with them back in April at Club Cafe. Absolutely. It's a nice, intimate um, venue. I mean, you literally... It's very intimate. That's what's great about it it, creates... it doesn't get any closer really than no that, it's an atmosphere unless that's, you were laying in bed with them as they were serenading you with an acoustic guitar which i don't know if that's gonna happen <laughs> being that the the two of them are married that's uh, true jared and hannah not hannah i'm sorry i was thinking of uh group love group loves uh 
female um, portion is is Hannah. But yeah, we got the married couple in there. Um, now, I want to give a little bit of a tease here. We have on Tuesday coming up here, we have, I believe that's the 18th. We have an interview with Jared Quarter from Repeat Repeat. Awesome. That is awesome. So we're going to sit down on the phone and talk to them and uh, find out what they're working on, how their tour is going so far, uh, what their future plans are uh, as far as creating new music, um, what they've got on a new album. I know they were very, very excited to uh, release Unplugged this year. Yeah. Which I own on vinyl. You own on vinyl. Is it called Plugged In? It's Plugged In. I've called it Unplugged Forever. Oh, oh really? wow. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess that doesn't make sense as the MTV shows unplugged. It is called plugged in. Gotcha. And we both own it on vinyl. Yeah. Um so it's it's excellent. They well, were excited it's just to release their, it. It's their single. It's not their full album. No, their it's full not a full album. Coming out. I I think it's coming out later this year. Well, guess what? We're gonna we'll be able talk to find to, out yeah, when we talk, we'll talk to, to Jared, Jared next week. It. So one of my favorite songs of Repeat Repeat is a tune called Chemical Reaction, and that's exactly what this song feels like. So without further ado, let's rock out with Repeat Repeat and their track, Chemical Reaction. Let's do it.
right, so that was Chemical Reaction by Repeat Repeat. Awesome dudes and lady. And uh, we are very, very happy to have played that song for you here today. Absolutely. Now, we've got a really awesome new segment that we're bringing to you today. It is brought to you by best friend of mine and Brandon's, Jay Matthew. And he's reporting to us live from the Spinning Thoughts Music Megaplex for his very special segment, Matthew's Metal Mania. Jay, what's shaking, dude? Oh, yeah, brother. What you gonna do when Matthew's Metal Mania runs wild on you? (laughs) Probably run away from you. Uh, So, Jay, we're happy to have you on, man. Um, Sincerely. Jay's also the bass player in our band, The Even Three. And he's got his own segments called Matthew's Metal Mania. Before we jump into the segment here, Jay, bring us up to speed on your thoughts with Repeat Repeat since we just got out of the weekly spin with them. I love Repeat Repeat. Not only are they super talented musicians, but I think we can all agree they're super cool. Oh, yeah. It's really awesome the way that they kind of, you know, spend all that time just kind of hanging out with us after the show. Um, you know, they were standing stage side, dancing while we were on stage. They seemed like a lot of fun. And I know that that song specifically, Chemical Reaction, was about the highlight of the show for me. Um, you know, we had a, a pretty good time right up in front of the stage um, going to town. So, good time. Absolutely. It really was. That was a yeah. I remember for sure. Absolutely. So, Jay, we've got you your own segment here on the Spinning Thoughts podcast called Matthew's Metal Mania. And that's because a lot of you have probably gathered uh, from the, the previous two episodes, Angelo and I like metal. Jay loves metal. He's the metal head of, uh, of the three of us. So, metal. yeah, we're super happy to have him come on and shed some of his insight uh, into his favorite genre of music being metal. I, I can't wait. So every time we do Matthew's Metal Mania segment, it'll be a little different. This first segment, Jay, we're doing your top five metal albums that you're listening to right now. Now, these are all albums that are out and available for you, the listener, to go check out. We highly recommend that you do so. Jay, why don't you kick it off for us here, and we're going to go five to one. Who's your number five artist and album that you're obsessed with right now? I think that number five is something that's uh, actually kind of kind of near and dear to you too, and um, 12 Foot Ninja um, has a new album out there called Outlier, and it is phenomenal. Um, it actually came out in the end of August. Um, and these guys, if, if anybody's not familiar with 12 Foot Ninja, they are living the music dream and doing it all by themselves. They are a really, really unique band. Um, I don't really know how I'd even categorize them. I don't think they sound like anything I've ever heard. Um, no, they're they're very, things. very unique. Metal doesn't even really seem to uh, describe their vibe that they portray in their music. And because, when it comes to metal, too, there's like five million different yeah. types of metal to try to classify a band, and, and 12 Foot Ninja's not one of those that you can easily pinpoint this is thrash metal this is death metal or or hardcore or you know uh, the, the million types of metal that there are and it's interesting that you say that i don't agree with this comparison from a lot of standpoints there are a lot of people that are comparing 12 foot ninja's outlier album 
to corn, which is weird. Really? I don't think they sound so much like corn, but corn is another one of those bands. They've been around forever, and they're on like their 13th album or something like that that's getting ready to come out. And corn um, isn't like categorizable in any other larger type of metal. Yeah, it's a good point. It, um... So I think I think that's what draws the comparison. Uh, but these guys are phenomenal, and they're doing it totally independent. Yeah, one hundred percent. They use the the what the GoFundMe tactic, so yeah, their fans actually deserve some kudos because that's they portray exactly what music should be about for the fans. Well, obviously, their fans love them enough to to donate that you know exorbitant amount of money. Uh, that it takes to have a band put together an album and release it and and tour promoting that album. I mean, that's it's phenomenal. Yeah, and their first album was good, but this album is just killer. Um, their first single called "One Hand Killing." Yeah, I don't remember exactly when it comes out, but it, when it came out, but it feels like it was on the radio for almost a year, just kind of teasing people. They use that song to tell people, hey, we're recording an album bit by bit. Right. If you like what you hear, you know, help us out. And they even go about, like, their merchandise in a really cool way, Jay. I think you know about this, too. Well before the album, Outlier, even came out, they were putting on their merch store, on their website, different ways to help fund them than just giving them money. For example, you know, you could, and maybe, Jay, you know the specifics, but you could buy for like a couple thousand dollars, like a private acoustic session. Like they had like two slots of those open, right? Yeah. I, there were a couple more than two. And I got to tell you, I was more than tempted I know. to see, um, I know we, ta- I think we talked about it half seriously at one point, but how cool would that be just to say, I mean, these guys are going to be a force. They're going to, they're going to take off. I don't know that they ever, give up on doing it the hard way and sign with a label. But how cool would it be regardless to say that you had these guys come in and play in your backyard for like, I think it was like 1500 bucks. Well, that was my question. Where was the, the intimate show going to be? Did you have to travel somewhere? Or did they come to you? I no, think they, they, go were to coming, you. they were coming to you. Yeah. They that's were coming awesome. to you. You give them like a $1,500 contribution to their album and they're coming to you. And right. like the description, they didn't care if it was like, you and your mom are like 200 friends, you know, with 1500 bucks flat. How were they going to afford to, to travel? So is it 1500 cash towards the album? Plus you buy their plane tickets and and stuff like that. I don't think so. I would assume that it was like, we'll fit it into our tour schedule. Right. That's what Um, I believe it. They do tour pretty heavily. Right. They, they, they encapsulate the guerrilla marketing and guerrilla, you know, tactic of getting out there to their fans. Um, Number four, Jay, for your uh, top five albums right now, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is another band from Australia. Yeah, um, must must be given the Aussie love. And this album's been out for a while, but I haven't been able to put it down. Um, it's Iron by Parkway Drive. And it's actually, I believe, their, their tenth album. Um, I'm sorry, it's their fifth album. They've been around for ten years. Okay. Um, these, these guys are awesome and they actually took a little bit of a turn on this um they're a metalcore band um so i i tend to like um metalcore is my favorite subgenre of metal 
metalcore is a combination between heavy metal and hardcore punk. Okay, I was just going to ask you, and, and Brandon alluded to this earlier, I think of all genres of music that have sub-genres, metal is the most eclectic. There's no doubt. But it a lot really of people is. don't hear the difference. Is there really a difference? Um, I think the difference is in so metalcore is famous for, um, like if you're playing a metalcore song and you're probably playing power chords and bar chords and to kind of differentiate it a little bit more. So it's got that punk aspect, but to differentiate it just a little bit further, they're famous for the breakdown. Okay. Is there- um, so metalcore bands are the ones, um, you know, there was a big, big movement with uh, straight edge and metalcore. Um, a lot of those bands like, um, and it eludes me right now. I don't know why I always forget the name of the band. Um, the lead there, Under Oath. Okay. Under Oath was like the big metalcore band that I think of when I think of really kind of metalcore coming around. When I but think of Under Oath, though, I really, they, to me, again, it's a little, the line between these subgenres is thin, but to me, Under Oath was more like Screamo. They had really great melodies and like catchy hooks. As far as Less locally or, or musically, all around, about? all around. You know, emo and screamo are probably the most polarizing thing that ever happened in music because you'll have people that hear Under Oath and Hawthorne Heights and yeah. a lot of those like the harder emo bands Finch. that were out at the time, and they're going to want those people want to like keep them with metalcore and keep that with. Um, but then you've got people that like heard them on the radio and that's where they found them. And they want to say, listen, this is a little more poppy. This is, um, so you're right. They, they definitely blur together. Well, let me ask you guys something. Did you watch back in 2006 VH1 had a documentary, a four parter called heavy, the story of metal. Did you guys catch that back no. in the day? Jay, I think, I think that I saw part of the, I remember the documentary. I remember the segment they did on Metallica. Yeah, they did have a big segment on Metallica. I guess my point is that kind of broke down. That was the first time that I ever got to see them break down metal by subgenre. And, you know, uh, those guys were talking like there's a distinct difference. And to a metalhead, I'm sure that there is a distinct difference. Um, but I was just curious if you guys had ever watched the documentary or, or anything like that. Well... Um, yeah, and I, I remember Brandon. I don't know if I saw it. Um, I, I really think that the differences, though, in the subgenre all come from the approach. So you get a lot of like the the Nordic stuff, like the Swedish band, yeah, um, mm-hmm. that kind of have more of a like melodic kind of approach. Um, it seems like the uh, like the American metalcore. A lot of metalcore bands coming out of Australia, obviously, um, you know, just from this list, it's a lot more of the like power hardcore. Um, it's almost like hard thrash, yeah. right? So when you think thrash, I think of like 80s Metallica, but this is like, metalcore is almost like extreme hardcore punk. Okay. I dig, I dig the explanation. There's a little foreshadowing going on in your number three album that you're jamming to metal-wise right now that... Brandon will be talking about in the side B segment that connections with a guy named Miles Kennedy, which, uh, oh, man. right. So Jay, talk to us about number three. 
So Alter Bridge is like the weirdest band that I've ever loved. Um, and when I say that... <laughs> okay, break um, that down for us. Yeah, yeah really. what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. So Alter Bridge is, for those of you who don't know, Alter Bridge is like the core members of Creed. Brianna right? Scott um, Stapp, right? Yeah. So the core members of Creed, really, and Miles Kennedy, who is this phenomenal vocalist that, like, never was huge. He's got this band called Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. They've got a couple albums out with Slash. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the foreshadowing. Is, You're going to hear a little bit more about okay. that later on. And that, that Slash album is phenomenal. Uh, but Tr- Mark Tremonti, the guitar player, has a band called Tremonti that I don't know that they're incredibly successful, but they're, they're doing their thing. Um, and Alter Bridge has been around for a long time. 2004. They, yeah. They keep fading in and out. Because Which isn't that crazy that 2004 is a long time. It doesn't feel like it was a long time it's ago, but it years. was. We're almost in 2017. I mean, you're talking about, like, winding down 2016. We're 12, 13 years from 2004. Yeah, I was a sophomore in high school in 2004. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I was graduating. Yeah. But, I mean... Really, these guys were in a take it back to the nineties with Creed. I didn't like Creed. I oh, thought I, Scott, did. I think to this day, I think Scott Sapp is pretentious and I, I don't dig his style. Yeah, I'm I wasn't but, a big fan of Creed either. They were like the nickelback before nickelback to me. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> they really were no, 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 no. That's a great great comparison, Andrew. <laughs> Seriously. These guys were very successful and then Stapp stepped away, so they started an Alter Bridge. And they've all had success with other bands. They're going in and out. But Ultra Bridge keeps coming back. And every time they hit with an album, it's mega, dude. Um, you know, Mark Tremonti is a phenomenal guitarist. He is. And Miles Kennedy, in my opinion, has the best voice in rock world today. I couldn't disagree with that. Miles Kennedy rocks the, the most intense range of a vocalist that you're going to yeah. hear really. And ever you you combine that like just rocking voice with these epic lead lines um and it's phenomenal and this album um the last hero which actually just came out on the seventh this past week okay. um it's very politically driven too um the single show me a leader is about like the messed up political state that we're in right now yep. i know you guys talked a lot about revolution radio last week and this is another album kind of in the vein of Hey, we're fed up with what's going on right now. Let's talk about it a little bit. Right. Um, and it's just not only is it music with a purpose, right? Right. But this is very, very well done from a musical perspective. Yeah. Beyond and- the statement, if the words were, you know, tell me how green the grass was and how everything was awesome, I would still think that this was a musically well put together album. Absolutely. And I- this is the last hero? Yeah. Okay. It's awesome. And and I like that you reference music with a purpose. That's a theme that, first of all, episode one, we named that episode off of music with a purpose. But I, it, it's a theme right now that I think is so important, especially in the political climate that we're in in this election year. And actually, Jay, we're going to pick your brain at the end of uh, your segment here before we sign you off about some uh, politic talks. But um. Let's 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 get into the the, the second the last well 
I guess, album number two mm-hmm. in your uh, top five metal albums that you're jamming out to. And, and Jay, you've been talking about these dudes for... You've been talking about them a lot in a short amount of time, meaning you, you're basically obsessed with these dudes. Yeah. Um, and actually, the band at number one, I'm probably a little bit more obsessed with. Yeah. But, dude, at number two, Ghost. They just released an EP. They uh, they were Ghost DC until a couple years ago. They dropped the BC for contractual um, reasons. Do you know but more about that? Are, um, you know what I don't? I think it was the name of another band and they got sued. Um, it was just like a, I've, I've seen a couple quick anecdotes about it. Um, they were not sued by the British Columbia government. <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. Okay. Um, they're, they're, they're a Swedish band. Um, so this is a lot of that Swedish rock. Um, dude, a ton of metal Ghost comes from Sweden, Norway. Why is that? You know what? I, I think that, so over in the Nordic countries, metal is their pop. Like yeah. they, I don't, I don't know that like Ghost is as big as Taylor Swift is, but a lot of these like Nordic countries, man, um, they're, they're huge on it. Like the metal from Scandinavia, do they? Yeah. Well, and if yeah. you think about when punk was really at its prime in America, punk wasn't just a genre of music. It was a lifestyle. An attitude. Right. And I yeah. think that that's what these, you know, Swedish, Nordic metal bands really uh, bring to the table. It's not just their genre of music. It is a way of life for them. Yeah, I, I totally can't disagree. And this band, Ghost, is one of the coolest. There's a lot of bands from Sweden I love. I love In Flames. Um, you know, they're wonderful. They've got a new album coming out really soon. Um, we, Brandon and I were cool. just, I think, talking about them the other day. They do have a new single that's out that's rocking. Yeah, it's, it's uh, the truth, right? That's what it's yes. called? Absolutely, it's yeah. awesome. Another they're, what they're Swedish awesome. band, right? Yeah, they're Swedish. It's not um, they're they're phenomenal, and there are so many. That's one of the albums I'm looking forward to. You know, um, a Veggie Sevenfold just dropped a single today. They're coming out with an album soon. Metallica's got three or four singles rolling out there for an album. Korn's got singles for a new album that comes out next week. But Ghost, Ghost has a little bit of a different approach. They've got a relatively new album, um, and. Uh, I always say it wrong, but it's uh, Meloria um, okay. from last year. But Pope Stories an EP. It's five songs. Um, you know, it's uh, a single. It's called Square Hammer, um, and then four covers. Um, I don't really. I, I wasn't really familiar with any of the four covers, except um, the fourth track on the album is Missionary Man by the Arisnics. That was probably their second oh, yeah. biggest song behind. Um, um, what the. Why do I always forget um, the one that Marilyn Manson covered? Sweet dreams are made Sweet of this. Sweet dreams, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So um, that's it's it's cool that they're doing covers. Like it's cool that this is just like a in your face EP. But the reason that I am in love with this EP, that original song, Square Hammer, might be the catchiest metal song that I have ever heard in my entire life. I don't know if you guys have had a had a chance to listen to this song. I have not. But it's the kind of song that um, I'll be driving down the down the road. My fiance Monica, not really 
the biggest metalhead in the world. But no. that song comes on the radio. And she'll sing. That song comes on the radio, dude. She'll sing every word. Um, really? It, it kind of yeah. It kind of crosses the like lines of um, just. It's so catchy. I'm all about it. But, I, I'm all about it. I think. These, go ahead. I was just gonna say these guys are cool too. They've got the whole slip knot before the masks came off thing kind of going. Yeah. Um, they've got a five-person band with a vocalist, a six total at any given time. Ghosts are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. The band members are called Nameless Ghouls. They don't have names. They identify by symbols that they wear on their, um, you know, on their shirts. Um, the like we said, it's a lifestyle, man. Yeah, and they all the go by Papa Emeritus. Papa. I'm che- I'm looking at their Wikipedia now. Members, Papa, Papa a credible Papa source, Mar- by the way. Well, that, I mean, it actually, cool. I would say, probably is a credible source because people say yeah. that it's not, so people go an extra mile to make sure that it is credible. But Papa Emeritus Papa the third, Mar- past members, Papa yeah, Emeritus. That's, that's their lead singer. Um, they're on the third Papa Emeritus. So these mm-hmm. guys are like they're cycling in and out. Um, you know, you never know what you're going to get. They're phenomenal, uh, you know, and they're going to be able to have longevity because nobody knows who these people are. They just keep kind of, you know, pumping in. Um, they just ended up, their bass player is, is a female now, and the fact that she, she's kind of small, and that's the only reason people know that there was a change in the band member. And playing bass in metal music, that ain't easy. Nope. No, oh man, the the bass. You know that I'm a I'm a big bass guy. Um, Square Hammer has a very aggressive lead guitar part, but the bass line that goes with it is just it blows my mind. It it's like a very quick walking lot of movement, man. It's it's a tough song to get through. Yeah. Um, these guys are very musically gifted. So Jay, we're we're kind of now here at the pinnacle of your top five lists. We're, we're at number one, and for as long as I've known you, Jay, you've been pushing this band on me, and I'm glad that you have, because they do rock. What's your number one metal album that you're listening to right now? Back to metal core, man, but my number one album is Aggressive by Beartooth. Um, I love Beartooth. The only album... I haven't listened to an album as extensively as I'm listening to Aggressive. It came out in June. I bought it the day that it came out. Um, I bought it on vinyl and I bought it um, on, you know, digital download. I haven't listened to an album this consistently since their last album in 2014, Disgusting, came out. Dude, I'm taking a look at the album art right now. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah, it's really cool. And Brandon, as an aside, um, these guys are from the Cleveland area. Columbus. Really? So, uh, is it Columbus? It is Columbus. Man, uh, I thought they were from Cleveland. Well, I was born in Columbus. I have ties they, to Columbus as well. Okay, there we go. OSU represent. No, I'm no. sure a lot of people from Cleveland would rather associate with Columbus, at least from a athletic perspective, uh, nah. during yeah. the fall season. We might be losers, well, but we're a, proud losers in Cleveland. So. I heard people from Ohio think that Ohio State could probably beat the Browns. I don't think that anybody really thinks that. <laughs> there are some people that do. 
but there before we before we uh, digress too much with the athletics stuff, why should our listeners at the Spinning Thoughts podcast give Beartooth uh, a listen if they haven't already? So the thing about Beartooth that I'm so drawn to is a lot of times they're really through all the subgenres and you know kind of taking a look at different things. You've got bands that do a lot of screaming, and you've got bands that do a lot of singing. And Beartooth really balances both about 50-50. In addition to um, being able to kind of kind of balance that and kind of get through that, um, Caleb Shoma, who's the lead singer, right. is phenomenal at doing both. Like, this guy has one of the best screams that I've heard in a long time. Um, but his voice is tremendous. And if you watch them live, he transitions like it's nothing. I mean, these guys are fun to watch. And that's it's not easy to do. Heavy, it's in your face. Oh, it's definitely not. I mean, you would know, <laughs> you know, more, more than, you know, Brandon or I would, but just to be able to go so seamlessly, um, you know, we're talking about Miles Kennedy and the thing that I admire most about him is his range. Right. But oh, it's incredible. Yeah. range is nothing nothing to bulk at. I mean, this guy goes at these like high running lines. Um, I know Angela, you, you give me a hard time a lot about uh, kind of the, the range and the, the high notes that I can hit, but I drive down the, down the road, sing along to, you know, aggressive. And there are some things on this album that I take down an octave just to kind of keep my commute check. <laughs> yeah. This so, album, I think this is a, a good, fact about this album it peaked at number 25 on the billboard 200 charts uh in the united states it's interesting yeah I'm, i mean a metalcore album topping in in yeah. the top 25 that's incredible and metal's not um i love metal i think that there's the people who love metal are very dedicated to metal but metal is not you know probably a top five genre of music right now to be able to get to the Billboard 200 chart um, compared to, you know, all these popular albums coming out is, you know, one thing. But to crack the top 25 from a band that's relatively new, I mean, this is their second album. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one dropped in 2014. They didn't start getting airplay on, like, your Octane Liquid Metal through Sirius until, I'm going to say, halfway through 2015. Um, Disgusting had been out for a while. I was a little bit familiar with Disgusting before the first time that I heard um, the song Beaten and Lips from that album um, kind of played on the on metal radio. So, I mean, these guys are coming on fast, and aggressive is a good kind of moniker for, you know, the, the push that they're making. So, I think you had a killer top five list there, Jay. No uh, doubt. One, before we hit a final topic that I wanted to pick your brain on here. One honorable mention that I'm, I'm surprised wasn't in your top five. You've introduced them to me. I think they're incredible. Baroness. Baroness. Purple is a phenomenal album. It really is. Um, Recently released, Jay? 2015. 2015? Okay. It, it feels like, it's, that album is one of those albums that just feels very relevant, and it feels like it's new to me because they just keep... 
I feel like almost every song on that album has gotten some some airtime. Um, you know, they keep jamming songs into like the liquid metal playlist. They get on liquid metal a little bit more often. Yeah. Um, so some of the little harder stuff they're competing with, but um, there that that album's phenomenal. Um, it's probably in my top ten right now. Um, there's there's a lot of really good stuff that I've been listening to. Um, so kind of kind of picking off the top. Um, Angelo, I used to send um, you uh, weekly albums, one, yep. one per day, um, you know, to take a listen to. Um, so there's a lot of full-length albums. I I would listen to things two or three times before I send them your way to make sure that you'd appreciate them. And huh. um, that's one that's one of the ones that I've that I've given more than a couple of spins to. Yeah, and I appreciate you putting that kind of effort into. Um, building my arsenal of uh, metal music. And I've got one more uh, metal-related question for Jay before we kind of move off of of metal. Uh, Jay, you had mentioned earlier, uh, you know, Metallica's got a new album coming out. Korn has a new album coming out. You obviously have just shared with us five killer metal albums that were released here uh, within the last two years. Why the sudden resurgence of metal why is it gaining so much popularity now in in 2015 and 2016 rather than 2005 to 2006 like why now you know i i listen to a lot of people when they talk about metal and um even you know to be honest my favorite song on Beartooth's aggressive album is called rock is dead um it's it's a really good song um but metal kind of right now is taking on the moniker that you keep saying rock and roll is dead. You've got people like Kanye West, who I've heard two or three times, even when it's not related to the conversation, say rock is dead. He's the biggest rock star on the planet. Um, <laughs> you know, and it metal metal's more pissed than you know any other kind of rock. That people are saying the rock is dead, and I think that metal specifically um, is really benefiting from this whole let's do everything the way that we did in the 90s craze. Yeah. Because if you look at some of the biggest albums right now, Anthrax has a new album that's not not brand new, but within the last six months, that's phenomenal. You've got two of the top ten metal songs on the charts right now are from Metallica. Korn just released a new album that has some phenomenal stuff. I'm not the world's biggest Korn fan, but this new album reminds me of the early days when I was a huge Korn fan. Um, Avenged Sevenfold, which was really big in the push that metal made in the late 90s, early 2000s. They've been gone for a while, just released a new single this morning. Um, so I really think that the biggest push that metal's getting is that it was big in this period of time that all of a sudden America wants to relive. Some might even say that metal's making America great again. And yeah, it is. With with that segue, Jay, before we, uh, you know, sign off with our dear friend Jay here with his Matthews Metal Mania, uh, Brandon and I are just curious. We do like to bring some political talk onto the podcast in in a minute or two explanation. Where's your mind at right now with what's going on here? Um, under a month away from. 
election day. Now, unless you're Donald Trump, it's actually in his mind over a month away because he's having his the 28th. Yeah. He's having his supporters vote on the 28th. But where are you at with this, Jay? Well, first and foremost, I just want to say if you're planning on voting for Donald Trump, he was correct. The vote on the 28th. Go on out on November 28th to cast your vote. Yep. But I mean, for the love of God, man, I, I don't understand what America is doing in 2016. I mean, do you think Donald Trump's going to win? I don't think that Blunt. he has a I mean, snowball chance in hell. You don't um, think so, Jay? I real. I would like to hope not. I mean, his supporters though are very passionate. I mean, you drive around. Um, and I know that we're in kind of a unique area of the country because Western PA and Eastern Ohio, where I spend a lot, a lot of time as well, are very, very entrenched in the battlegrounds this time. Well, there's no um, doubt. Every, every election cycle, Ohio, yeah, Pennsylvania. But I mean, or... You see, the unique thing is I remember um, when John Kerry was running for president, um, and I also remember Obama the first time definitely um you saw a lot of democratic signs in people's front yards the weirdest thing about this election is hillary clinton has never been behind in the polls but if you drive down the street i don't know that i've seen one clinton cane sign i agree i haven't either it's probably because trump's encouraging his supporters to go and steal them off of people's lawns and burn them (laughs) well (laughs) we've talked about this before that that what's mind-blowing is that even after all of this news has continuing to come out about Trump, his supporters are still holding strong. And I think he he even said this. I don't can't remember when exactly it was that he could go out in the middle of the street and shoot somebody and wouldn't <laughs> lose a supporter. And he gained a supporter. Like I mean, you've got like he has gotten more popular. Um, he is living proof. That no press is bad press. Yeah, no, it's 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 seriously, he is living proof of that. It, it's ringing true what he said, which is is mind blowing. You know what I think it is though. I really think lately I've been starting to um, kind of come behind the the notion that his success in reality TV and the character that he puts on because he can't really be that guy, right? Um, I feel like though the character is is what's winning him over. And he is able, his, his character, his persona is such a, you know, ambivalent dude. He's just kind of, you know, no, he's not a good dude. And I just feel like he's able to brush off the bad things that he does. And it's almost endearing to him for some weird reason. To his supporters. Yeah. They love that. He's a bad person. And the worse that he is, the more these people eat it up yeah. because that's how he got famous. He's famous for being a bad person who doesn't treat women well and is a little bit racist. So when he continues those to perpetuate those stereotypes of himself, he gets more popular. Jay, in one word, first word that comes to mind, Hillary Clinton. Um, president. <laughs> Donald Trump. I like that. First word that comes to mind. Antichrist. All right, you heard it here first. Jay, hey, uh, truly, I want to thank you 
for joining us here on the podcast with Matthew's Metal Mania. You're definitely going to be a recurring guest on the podcast. Hopefully next time we'll have you in the studio instead of over the phone. Yeah, can't wait to have you back, brother. It was excellent. Thank you. Yeah, I can't wait. Thanks for having me, boys. So uh, definitely go out and check out the top five from Jay. You've got... 12-Foot Ninja at 5, Parkway Drive at 4, Alter Bridge at 3, Ghost at 2, and Jay's favorite right now, Beartooth. Jay, thank you so much, man, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Take care, brother. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right. So, moving on, and big thank you, by the way, to Jay for joining the podcast here. I thought he provided some really great insights to a genre that is very, very, very Broad. And into a genre that I don't have a lot of insight on. So, seriously, it was so great having him on. Really fun. We'll be looking forward to having him on again here soon. We want to move into uh, a segment that is dear to our hearts, being from the city of Pittsburgh, our Pittsburgh Talks segment. So, this is a little bit more of a, a tease to a future episode that we have coming up here mm-hmm. with a band called Dizzy Woosh. These guys are good friends of ours personally and musically Mm -hmm. as well too. Dizzy Woosh has been putting in the hard work, the work ethic that more bands should incorporate if they're really serious. I mean, these dudes practice religiously every Monday. They've been doing it for what? 10, over 10 years? uh, Probably closer to 20. And, you know, unless there's something very, very dire going on, they're, they're practicing every Monday. Religiously. They're constantly yeah. writing new songs. Dizzy Woosh is a band that really sticks to the roots of rock, country, jam bandy kind mm-hmm. of stuff. It's feel good, man. It, makes it is. You, it makes you feel good. They've got an accordion player. They've got a stand-up, uh, like a makeshift, homemade bass? tub bass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and it's incredible watching this. Banjo, they do electric sets, they do live sets. And Brandon, you and Julie, uh, the, now Julie Robertson, mm-hmm. as we mentioned in episode two, My Brandon wife, just yeah. uh, got married. This was, what, your first date? Our first a, a date whoosh show. was, yeah, it was seeing the Dizzy Woosh at uh, the Hard Rock down in Station Square here in Pittsburgh. You were there. You remember that day? I do. Yeah. Good show, awesome. and uh, it was good to kind of see the um, beginning of a love-filled relationship and, and now marriage between you and Julie. Yep. So the Woosh put in the work. They always have. They always will. And we want to kind of tease a little bit of really cool news coming up here for the Woosh. So number one, um, in the next uh, week or so, Brandon and I are going to be talking to some of the members of Dizzy Woosh uh, for a really intricate interview about a lot of the good stuff that the Woosh have got going on. So that's going to include a brand new album of theirs, which is dropping on October the 29th. It's called Wormholes to Woosville. They... And Brandon, you can you can probably speak to this a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're kind of, I mean, they're known all around Pittsburgh. They're known for the Halloween bash that they put on every year. Yep, called Halloween. So they do it every year. A lot of times they'll have live, like they'll have a, a like people coming in professionally, videoing them and recording the and live rec- audio. They yep. have a live Halloween album. That, yep, which is 
really, really, really good. So they're having uh, an album release party at the Double Wide in Mars, Pennsylvania on October the 29th. That's when their new album, Wormholes to Whooshville, will be available. Mm -hmm. So if you're around the city of Pittsburgh within a 100-mile radius. Make it happen. Get your ass to Double Wide in Mars, Pennsylvania and get a copy of this new album. We'll go into a lot of detail. We'll show some songs and really dissect what makes the whooshes dizzy. Yep. And, yeah, that's going to take place when we talk to uh, the whoosh here coming up uh, in an interview. What blows my mind about the whoosh, they have a loyal, loyal following. They get, like, party buses. Yep. And, and take people, hundreds of people, yep. you know, dozens, two hundreds of people travel with them. Uh, it's mind blowing. Their their loyal following. I've been to three or four Woo shows, and I see a group of I don't know how many dozens of people at every single Woo show that I've been to. They go to every single Woo show. Period. They, their following is incredibly yeah, loyal. They have a very, very awesome core group of fans that literally go where they go. Yep. And what's awesome also about that core group of fans is they always bring newbies, new people. So it's constantly spreading. They they believe in the message of music and having fun. And yeah, it's infectious. Putting almost. on a great you, show. You can't go to a Dizzy Woo show and not have a good time. So we'll we'll post some more information on the exact episode and date of the interview with members from the Woosh. We're really looking forward to that. So we do a segment every podcast so far, and we'll we'll continue the trend called Side A and Side B, where myself and Brandon talk about a specific artist and album that we have listened to or are going to listen to. We really want this segment to be less of us talking about it in the podcast and encouraging you to go to our website. I think that was my dog, Lennon, oh, uh, man. trying yeah, to get in there. That? For anybody who heard that, I got uh, a dog named Lennon and Yoko just paying tribute to my passion for music. But um, the point of Side A and Side B is really to encourage the listener to go to our website, which is spinningthoughtspodcast.wordpress.com and read and interact with our written reviews of what we're mentioning in Side A and Side B. So Mm -hmm. for Side A, I have chosen to uh, talk about and look into such a groovy band right now that that's really hitting the scene hard called Tame Impala. Tame Impala, to, you know. I call them Impala. Yeah. I say Impala. And their album called Lonerism. Now, these guys have a few albums out there. And um, where are they from? Where's uh, Tame Impala from? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Uh, they are from, jeez. Uh, Go figure, right? Australia, another Australia band. Yep. Come on, that Australia's really putting out some amazing artists. They are a psychedelic rock, psychedelic pop, neo psychedelia band. Okay. I mean, that is an eclectic explanation of the genre, but they really are their own genre. If you haven't listened to them, definitely, definitely give them a listen, and. 
again, there's uh, my dog trying to get in here. He just opened the door to the studio. Hey, Lennon. Hey, what's going on, little dude? Um, <laughs> so check them out. They have three studio albums. They have Inner Speaker from 2010, Lonerism from 2012, which is the one I'm going to be writing my review on, and their more current uh, album called Currents from 2015. Brandon, what you got for side B? So we talked earlier uh, with Jay. He brought up Alter Bridge, and we had kind of teased that we'd be talking about Miles Kennedy uh, later on in this episode. And here's where we're going to be talking about Miles Kennedy. So um, my album is called World on Fire. Uh, it's an album by Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Nice. Uh, so the album was released back in 2014. Uh, it's been out for a couple of years, uh, but I cannot get over the voice of Miles Kennedy. It's mind-blowing to me. So as we were listening to Alter Bridge, um, I didn't know that Miles Kennedy was the singer of Alter Bridge. I'd never really, oh, get, really even gotten into Alter Bridge. Oh, man. So as we're listening, I ask you, is this Miles Kennedy? And you're like, yeah. Like, no way, really. It is, you know. So that's kind of what made me want to to bring this album into side B. Uh, the album ended up topping at number one on the U.S. Top Hard Rock chart. Uh, no way. For Billboard. Good for yes, them. Yes, it did. They've been um, doing it since... Well, well I know that um, Ultra Bridge has been doing it since 2004. How long has this ensemble been going for? Do you know? How long has Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators or with Slash? With, with Slash, yeah. Uh, I, this is the first album, I believe. Let me see here. Nope. Um, Slash featuring an array of artists, guest musicians, Apocalyptic Love in 2012. Uh, no, this was the first album that he did with uh, Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Awesome. And I think the only album uh, that they've done together. So, again, with the side A and side B segment, we really want this to be an encouragement for you to go to our website, spinningthoughtspodcast.wordpress.com and read our written reviews. We put a lot of time and effort into being a specific and... And of course, listen to the album. Right, right. And educational about these artists um, more than just talking about them in the podcast. Mm -hmm. So this has been one doozy of an episode. Oh, I loved it. Episode three. Loved it. And look, you know... We know that you all have busy lives. You know, maybe you're driving to work and you have a long commute. Maybe we can be that voice that helps you sit through the traffic and and the road rage. Maybe kind of alleviate that a little well, bit. Well, you know, with all the construction going around Pittsburgh, that's for uh, sure. People's commutes are taking a lot longer than normal. So uh, we'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your day uh, to listen to what we have to say. Well, you know, we try to keep these under an hour. This one clearly went over, but we had some great conversation with jay matthew with matthew's um metal mania we're gonna have him on again in the future we're gonna be speaking to jared from repeat repeat coming up on tuesday that podcast will be available and in the next week or two we'll be talking to members of dizzy whoosh and uh really going into detail about their new album wormholes to whooshville and World on Fire, I'm reading, is the second studio album built for Slash and awesome. Miles Kennedy. So that first one was Apocalyptic Love uh, that was released in 2012. More about it coming up in the written review uh, that you're going to be able to check out here within the next couple of days. So keep your 
eyes peeled uh, for the written <laughs> your review. your ears open. And your ears open uh, to the two albums, Tame Impala and Slash, uh, featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. And if you're liking what you're listening to, share it with a friend. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, any podcast Yeah, I can't site. stress that enough. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast. Keep the music alive. Thanks for the love. Follow us on Twitter at SpinThoughtsPod, Facebook.com slash SpinningThoughtsPodcast, and email us at SpinningThoughts at Outlook.com. From Evergreen Studios, this is Angelo. And this is Brandon wishing you a happy farewell. Please take care. Like I said, keep the music alive. We love you. Peace out. Too much, can I please be put back in?